Hey guys, and welcome to the new episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Today I have uh, special guests. Uh, I have Candice from the Channel Op and Catherine from the Channel Op. Uh, so Candice is a business development director there and Catherine is working as a brand manager. Hello, uh, ladies. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Sure, sure, sure. It's great to have you here. It's actually a really special episode because uh, I only had actually two guests at the same time uh, in one of the episodes before, but uh, this is really exciting every time. So yeah, let's let let's let's do that. Uh, so first of all, I wanted to just say that the channel op is the full service Amazon agency, and today we'll be talking about topics such as. Uh, working with the agency like amazon agency at which point should the brand consider starting to with the um agency uh what should the brand consider also by hiring an agency because there's a lot of agencies out there uh very funny fact i just been recently on the conference um called amazon accelerate and um there were actually, I think, more agencies than sellers to the point that um, when people were introducing to itself, they were asking the first question, not like, hey, how are you or something? It's like, hey, are you a seller? So they were just sure that they are not talking to agencies. So there's a lot of agencies out there. I know that they are great agencies. I also know that they are very bad agencies. So I'm very happy that we'll be discussing um, all of those aspects today. So maybe first of all, uh, I would love to hear both of your stories. So Candice and Catherine, if you could just tell a little bit about yourself. How did you start with the e-commerce and uh, Amazon? And then from there, we'll move on to those questions. 10 years ago is when I started getting involved in the Amazon space. And I kind of just fell into it. Um, I, I saw a job that looked interesting. I applied for it. It was for a three-piece seller, and I was working as a buyer, um, primarily in the toy uh, category. Um, and then I quickly pivoted from that role into strategic partnerships and business development. And then since then, I've gone on to work for another large three-piece seller and then a couple of different agencies. And I did help launch an agency that was a really early advocate of the direct-to-consumer model on Amazon. So it's been mm -hmm. a fun journey. It's very nice. Um, for me, I largely have worked in uh, marketing and kind of general e-commerce as well as dabbling in some graphic design. Um, I equally fell into the Amazon world um, after doing mostly work in the outdoor industry um, with really small brands that had small Amazon presences. Um, but I have been with Channel Up for the last um, almost two years and have, have been loving the Amazon world. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. So now regarding the channel up. So as I mentioned, um, channel up is the full service Amazon agency, but obviously uh, every agency is different. So I would love to hear a little bit more actually uh, about your company and what are the exact services that you are offering. Yeah, I'll jump in on that. Um, we we are truly full service, but we do customize it based on our partners' needs. Um, we do everything to manage primarily seller central accounts. We mostly work with brands that are selling direct to consumer on Amazon. And then we do ha have a few vendor central clients as well that we manage. Um, this includes 
everything you would expect um, from inventory management, uh, demand planning, product page creation and optimization, um, maintaining account health, SEO, keyword research and implementation, advertising management, reporting. And then I think one thing that we do that not a ton of agencies do is we do channel management as well. So we can actually help clean up the channel and make sure that you are the only seller on Amazon. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's that's really awesome. And right now, how many of the clients do you have or like over the period since you started a whole company that you work with? 30 brands that we're currently working with. Awesome. Is there like some specific category of the clients that you prefer to work with than, than others or? Yeah, we work across multiple categories, but we do have a specialty in a very strange niche category. Um, we actually have a few partners in the sexual wellness category, uh, which okay. can be a really challenging category on Amazon because you're not allowed to advertise. So um, okay. we do have a unique experience there and leveraging tools to help those brands succeed. Got it. That's that's a very nice niche, actually. And yeah, definitely challenging if you cannot advertise. So just to build those listings um, and then have the like actual growth without spending dollars, that that, that, that that's definitely. And I'm sure that we'll be talking about some of the case studies. And uh, now for the marketplaces um, and like your clients, where are they? Mo where are they mostly based? Mostly U.S. based, but uh, we do have a number of clients that sell internationally um a lot of our clients sell in canada uh, and in mexico um, and we have a few clients that are based um in the uk as well okay that's very nice so now let's jump uh, actually and talk about building a successful brand on amazon so could you share some of the common things that the brand often miss when they are starting out yeah, I'll speak from a really high level because um, my role is primarily sales. So from the sales perspective, um, what it takes to build a successful brand on Amazon is the willingness to invest time and resources, uh, the willingness to have patience um, and to have consistency. So Amazon is very much a snowball channel, meaning you need to start small and it's going to gradually build momentum. And to do that, you need to put in continual effort and um, time and resources in order to maintain that momentum. Um, mm -hmm. Catherine can speak on a more granular, granular level about um, real world examples of brands that she's managing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think one thing to me that that is really staggering is this misconception from brands that putting a listing up is kind of the only requirement for selling on Amazon. If you get the listing up, you'll sell, um, which is not necessarily untrue, but there are a lot of these kind of extra features that Amazon rolls out constantly that are no longer optional or extra. They really are um, part of being successful in the channel. Um, I, I also went to the Accelerate um, the virtual sessions for Accelerate. And it was a little staggering to hear the statistics on how many brands are not utilizing sponsored display and sponsored brand products, for example. Um, even dialing that back in consideration to those brands that have really limited budget, something like um, 
A plus content or a stores page or um, premium A plus content once you get access to that level. Uh, those are all free to sellers with brand registry um, and not using them is leaving money on the table. Um, mm -hmm. I think another, another major mistake that I see or just kind of oversight maybe as a better word is um, brands are really resistant to drive their traffic to Amazon. They don't see um, driving traffic away from their own D2C website as an asset where it really can be an extension of that D2C strategy. Um, you these brands are seeing Amazon as kind of a competitor to their own site when Amazon gets 2 billion site visits in a month. Your own D2C site is just never going to get that kind of traffic. And, you know, if you have a really committed buyer, you might have them end up on your page after seeing a social media ad or seeing a Google ad. Um, but Amazon has this built-in visibility for customers that are ready to purchase something. They are on Amazon to purchase. They have much less of that kind of top of funnel customer that's coming to mm -hmm. the site. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's actually very interesting that you said that some of those brand owners are scared to expand of Amazon, like treat treat Amazon as a co competitor. Like the, the whole the whole idea of marketplaces is basically because like clients go there and they are ready to buy. So that's why they are exploring products over there, right? So it's just like the channel which gives you like traffic and that's it of course yes the fees are very high and this is the only obstacle but but on the other hand yes you have the ready client to to buy your product so uh you, you are completely right with, with that one um but do you also handle actually clients who are not only d2c but just selling on amazon i don't currently have anyone that just sells on amazon for the most part mm -hmm. we work with um pretty established brands that have mm -hmm. a pretty strong D2C or brick and mortar presence already. Okay, okay. I, I really wonder, like, especially on Accelerate, right? Like how many of the people that went there are only like Amazon sellers or overall they are selling on multiple channels. But it's it's never easy to, to tell that. Because they are just like very successful Amazon sellers that they built their brand only on Amazon and they they don't really care to go out of the Amazon. But on the, hand, on the other hand, there's so many of the brands that just heard that they own Shopify store and they don't consider like ex expanding anywhere else than that. So that's always this kind of the challenge like also when is the good time, the right time to, to expand. And I do believe that that's why the agencies exist because once you start your brand, you have like your successful Shopify store, then there's so many ways to expand it. So you have Amazon, you have TikTok, you can like TikTok store, you have Facebook marketplace, there's Walmart, there's so many other marketplaces. So I do believe that's why the agencies exist because you can purely focus on your business, but then you can actually expand without really getting to know all of the information about the, the new marketplace. So I wanted to actually continue and ask you this next question. So at which stage um, brands should consider actually hiring an agency to manage their brand on the new marketplace such as Amazon? Yeah, this is a really complex question. So I have several answers. You could fall into several categories. So um, the first one is if a brand is ready to look at 
see it as an investment in their brand rather than as an expense. A lot of brands still, unfortunately, as Catherine alluded to, view Amazon as a list of tasks to be completed rather than something that needs to be continually tended to. So hiring professionals, hiring an agency is an investment in the future growth of your brand. It's not just a recurring monthly expense like your electric bill. So if they can <laughs> see that, they may be ready. Um, um, any brands that are approaching 25,000 a month in sales on Amazon, if they're not already working with an agency, probably should be. Um, if they have one single in-house person staffing, managing their Amazon account, or God forbid, one single in-house person managing all of their e-com platforms, that person cannot be putting in enough time or energy or know everything about everything in order to really successfully grow. Um, mm -hmm. The other one would say, if, if Amazon's taking up more than 25% of your time and, and you have other responsibilities, there are other aspects of your business that need your attention. So that might be time to outsource. Um, and then finally, I think if you're beginning to see sales plateau on Amazon um, and you don't know what else to do, you know, you don't know what you don't know, maybe talk to an agency. I, I said finally, but there's one more that I, I just popped into my head again, and that is if you're already spending money on tools specifically to help you manage Amazon, 3P services like map monitoring or channel management services, um, any of these data analytics tools like Smart Scout, Helium 10, Jungle Scout, ad management software, post-purchase shopper engagement tools. If you're spending money on those, likely your agency is already incurring that cost for you. Um, so you don't need to be paying for those services in addition. So it can actually consolidate, give you access to more tools um, and a team. So that would oh, be yeah. my that, that's actually very great long one. answer. But. That no, that's actually a great one, especially the last one that I haven't actually thought about it, right? I mean, those tools are pretty expensive and I know that agencies, they have actually much better deals uh, with those software providers. So that's a really, really good good example of, of actually saving a lot of costs. In the end, you might really break even on that. So if you, if you like really sum up all of the tools. <laughs> I think that's one way that we really like to quantify it in terms of the that investment piece is um, if you're paying the salary for one person to manage your Amazon and you're paying for tools for likely less than that cost, you could hire an agency that gives you access to a full team. For example, when you hire a channel app, you get me as your kind of point of contact, but I have a team of um, at any given moment, five to seven other people that are working on your account as well as all of those tools um, for SEO research and ad management, all of that stuff that kind of comes in rolled together when you do hire an agency. And that's a mm -hmm. good way to quantify it. Yeah, totally. Even, uh, even two salaries. I mean, five people for the cost of two people who are experts specifically in Amazon and, and everything Amazon. Like you said, Jacob, there's a lot to try to know. And it's very hard for any one person to be an expert in every aspect of Amazon. Yeah, it, it is impossible to have kind of expert. I mean, if someone claims to be expert in, in like all of those uh, fields, uh, then probably it's lying. I mean, you might be <laughs> generally good, but you cannot be expert in all of those fields. So that, that's true. And um, very, very interestingly enough, like today I watched one video on, on YouTube that was actually video called why um 
no, that was not really why, but like why there's so many like bad agencies and so on. And then uh, in, in the video, in the end, like the, the guy was trying to um, explain the concept of hiring the good agency, why the be best agencies are actually more expensive and so on. And in the end, and one of those and um, one of the moments in the video, basically, he was trying to, to tell also why should you hire an agency? And as you said here, um, yes, you have team of experts. And normally, if you are running your brand and you, if you want to hire all of those experts at the same time, that, that would be just crazy. Because, I mean, you, you couldn't like really manage it if you want to have 10 people responsible for all of those aspects. Then on the other hand, you again, you cannot have one expert who will be managing all of those um, fields. And the last thing is, if you want to hire... Um, all of the freelancers responsible for all of those aspects, then good luck with uh, trying to keep the communication between them because yeah. this is basically impossible, right? So that's why agencies yeah. exist. And I mean, I'm running a software agency, so it's kind of similar topic. It's just that we have developers that are like front-end developers, back-end developers. And then we have always like project managers that are only responsible to keep the communication uh, between them. So yeah, I think, that's key because so many aspects of Amazon impact so many other aspects of Amazon. SEO mm -hmm. impact ads, which then you need to be incorporating into your SEO. Like that communication is key. Oh, yeah. So now I want to ask you actually about those um, the key factors that the brand should consider when deciding to hire an agency. What they should think, think about, uh, how they can maybe pick the right agency for them. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, the, the, the simple answer is, does their philosophy align with your philosophy? Are they treating your brand as a whole? Um, and do they want to build a true partnership and collaboration? And is there going to be mutual respect and trust there? Um, that said, um, category familiarity, a lot of people want to hire brands, or I'm sorry, agencies specific to their category, which in most instances doesn't matter um in the instance of the sexual wellness category or very specific categories where you're bound by restrictions on amazon then it, it could be a factor um client load i think is an important factor if it's a really big agency but your brand manager is managing you know 50 brands you're probably not going to get the time and attention um that you need um, also, how they operate. So one thing that is unique um, about how Channel Op operates is we have a revenue sharing pricing model, and that's passed on to our brand managers. So they are rewarded as your brand grows. Mm -hmm. They have an active stake in the game, which prevents them from um, putting your account on the back burner. A lot of times, um, I think speaking about bad agencies, they do exist. And generally what happens is they onboard a new client and again, they treat it like a series of tasks to be completed. And then once it's completed, they kind of get put on the back burner. Um, we very actively <laughs> try to make sure we're not doing that at Channel Off. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think the the topic that I come back to consistently is that partnership. We, as your agency, are the experts in Amazon, but you are the expert in your brand. Um, we really like to work with those brands that want to collaborate 
that want to share all of the creative content that want that really cohesive look and feel um, because that is possible and we want to achieve that on Amazon. Um, and our most successful clients are those clients that are willing to work in partnership with us rather than kind of offloading all of the work and never checking in um, that that model I don't think really works and and if an agency is saying oh we'll just take it off your plate don't worry about it kind of set it and forget it mindset probably they're not looking at your account every day to Candace's point they're probably kind of checking those boxes and putting you on the back burner oh yeah that's very very nice actually we also like always look for long-term relationships with our clients we don't necessarily want clients who are just jumping in they want one thing and then there's no communication nothing from them it's always like a really long-term collaboration and also um that's something very important for for all of the clients who are actually searching for some agencies that they should know that it's all about the collaborations from both sides it's not that yeah they will contact you and then it's like okay now you have our account, just do the work, um, generate um, generate us additional profits. And then there's no check-ins, no communication, nothing. And after two months, they are going back and asking, okay, wow, you lost money. And then, I mean, this is very bad. There should be always constant communication because um, that's also in their favor that in the end, like, yes, you are profitable. You made the profit for them, but they need to provide you with all of the information and resources uh, necessary to to do it. It's impossible to just do it without really communication. Exactly. And now I wanted to actually talk about the challenges that the uh, brand owners face, uh, basically while while expanding to to Amazon if they do it on their own, uh, or actually uh, if they do face them but they work with you, so you can help them with those challenges. Yeah. Again, I'm gonna talk high level and then I'm sure Catherine can offer some more detailed color commentary. But um, one of the challenges that I see um, is that they don't continually optimize. Um, so we can help with that by um, tracking things like conversion rates, doing some A-B testing to see what's performing well, um, taking high-performing keywords from their ad campaign and incorporating into their SEO content. Um, so another is it goes hand in hand with this is they don't experiment. Um, they try one thing, it doesn't work. They try something different, but we need to be looking at data and comparing. Um, one of the big ones they see is they're not willing to invest in ad spend. They see it again as an additional expense rather than mm -hmm. investment. Um, we typically recommend that our brand partners benchmark about 10% of their sales on Amazon to go back into advertising. And if you're getting a free or higher ROAS, that ad budget becomes self-generating. And so um, it's not that you're thinking you're continually adding money. You've got to consider that that is growing sales at a high degree. Um, another one is that they don't know how to do demand planning. And so they, they don't scale. They run out of inventory. They don't plan well. They don't allocate the right amounts of inventory for the right channels. Um, and then sometimes they're just not willing to admit that they don't know what they don't know. Um, I always find it refreshing when I'm talking to brands and they're willing to admit that they don't know everything. Um, sometimes we can help you grow in ways that seem very obvious to us, but that you may be missing just because we're involved in it every day. Mm -hmm. 
from from my end i'm obviously kind of in it on a day-to-day i spend most of my time in seller central so one of the main issues that i come across over and over and over again is that brands don't realize how much goes into the day-to-day they don't realize how much maintenance is required to keep you up and running we as Amazon experts understand that things break on Amazon all the time. They, you know, your images disappear, your variation breaks, your search suppressed for no reason at all. Some account health notice comes up and our team is used to seeing that. And we understand that there's not necessarily any reason or recourse for that. There's not always somebody that you can get on the phone and having having an agency that's prepared to deal with that, that understands what those kind of order of operations are that come after that. That's not necessarily something that brands have the resources to spend time on um, or even have an understanding of that you you might not have a good reason for why your listing is search suppressed. And our team can probably figure out why and fix it. Um, Whereas some people just don't have those resources to commit to fixing that and figuring out what that kind of recourse is. Um, And to to Candace's point, um, I I really drive home my kind of three main tenets, um, inventory, optimization, and advertising. Again, many, many, many brands just don't have the resources to invest into each of those tenets in a in a meaningful way to drive traffic, uh, to drive rank, to make sure they're not going out of stock. Um, and those are all all pieces that our team is really prepped to do because we are in it every day. Oh yeah. And Layering I really love quickly. always to sorry, yeah, sorry Candace. I'm just gonna layer one more thing onto what Catherine said in regards to some of the case creation and fixing some of those issues with experience and with managing multiple clients over several years comes the knowledge of what to say, how to phrase those cases, what is going to get your case resolved quicker rather than just throwing spaghetti at the wall and Mm -hmm. see if it works. In fact, there are some instances where you can respond to a case in a way that's actually going to make the problem worse. Um, and so having an agency in place can help you, um, avoid problems as well. Mm -hmm. I always enjoy doing those episodes and then like really talking very deep on the actual problems that are common, uh, when selling something on Amazon. And then on the other hand, you are here to help all of those sellers solve those issues. But when you really go on YouTube and type like something with Amazon related, there's so many of the gurus. I don't know. I mean, probably you saw it when they claim to be Amazon kind of like a passive income source, right? Like just, yeah, buy my course, Amazon's passive income, put your listings there and and, and that's it. I don't know because it's, it's always so funny for me to see really like black and white. It's not like anything in between. It's either a lot of hard work which is the true in the end to, to succeed mm-hmm. because uh, all of the successful sellers that I met, they actually are saying, yeah, I, I was working like 24 seven, especially in the beginning, then uh, hiring the agency, working with the agency, investing actual money, or you have those gurus claiming, all right, it's just passive income, buy my course and that's it. So yeah, yes. There, <laughs> there is no secret sauce on Amazon. It's, 
it's consistency and it's knowing where to put your attention. Oh yeah. So no now we actually, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's like with every business in the end, it's just a lot of hard work that you need to put in and then, uh, you have the effects. So now speaking of the actual effects and, um, success that you can accomplish on Amazon, I would love to hear some of the success stories that you have working with your clients. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely speak to some of those. One of my favorites to kind of brag about, um, I am working with a personal care brand right now uh, that launched their own seller account in the last year. They had come on to the fact that the Amazon channel was a mess. Their products were out there, but there was no consistent brand presence. There were duplicate ASINs. There were many, many, many sellers of their products that they kind of didn't realize how many people were out there selling. And they uh, started, they were actually a referral. So one of our other other brands had referred them to us um, for channel control. We spent about a year cleaning up the channel. So making sure that um, listings were optimized, that any folks that were on the channel that were not authorized sellers were moving off. Um, and as of January of this mm -hmm. year, sent their first round of FDA inventory. Um, last month, they did 70,000 uh, in sales on Amazon after a January That's launch. Nice. Um, and they've seen month over month growth every month since launch. Um, definitely mm -hmm. one of my favorites to, to talk about. Um, really, it was about making sure that they had kind of a clear path to sell their own inventory, uh, but also making sure, again, I feel like this is the dead horse that I beat, <laughs> cohesive brand presence, making sure that their products look and feel the same across the whole line. Um, they're a pretty recognizable and respected brand. And what was out there was poor. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, mm -hmm. the, the three piece sellers that had been listing their products were using old imagery, um, were using old branding. There was just no, there was no continuity in what was out there. Um, so a major amount of effort into making sure that every listing has the look and feel of this brand that has a really recognizable um, brand approach, I guess, brand ethos. Um, so mm -hmm. that's one of my favorites to, to brag about. I can't take credit for all of it. I've only been working with them for <laughs> the last eight months, but it's been really fun to see their growth and to see them have that success on the channel, especially being a brand that mostly sells B2B. This is one of their only uh, D2C kind of outputs. Mm -hmm. So really cool to see them succeed on the channel. That's amazing. Actually, I, I, I was also about to ask here to this case, because you said that you are also making sure that you're cleaning kind of all of the unauthorized sellers. So do you have actually a lot of those cases that there is some very well established brand? And then suddenly, if you see like that their products are already on Amazon, but it's not just that it's the seller, it's actually the reseller, right? Yes. It's not, it's not if, team. it's not if your products show up on Amazon, it's when. 
Um, we wow. have we have a number of clients that you know at at a certain point when you're distributing um, when you're selling to distributors when you're in brick and mortar your products are going to show up on Amazon. There are so many sellers that are buying at wholesale or buying liquidated inventory and putting mm -hmm. it up on Amazon, um, you know, to make really thin margins, but you are basically at the mercy of those folks that may not represent your brand. They're just making a buck on your brand. Um, so it's, it's somewhat inevitable. Um, I've seen it working for small brands in the outdoor industry where, they're kind of those aggregators that snap up inventory and all of a sudden your products are on Amazon. So it, it, it is a little bit inevitable. Mm -hmm. Unless mm -hmm. you take a very strategic approach, the, the way where we're not seeing that is brand new brands who from the beginning have a strategy in mind for launching on Amazon and have policies in place to restrict that sales mm -hmm. channel so that they can control it. But we do see very large established brands who have been around since the early days of Amazon, where it is very much sometimes kind of the wild west, because as Catherine said, it's many of these three P sellers do not have a strategic relationship with the brands. It's just an opportunity that they see. So they jump on it. There are third party sellers that do partner with brands in a way similar to what we do. Pattern is probably the, the biggest one where they they will take um, a strategic approach to representing your your brand and your product and invest in your brand. But for the most part, um, they're primarily opportunistic sellers. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got yes. It. Speaking of challenges that brands face, I think that's that's definitely a major a major issue for some of these larger brands that don't set out a policy ahead of time for Amazon exclusivity or or only extending those rights to certain sellers, that there is a, that partnership there. And and then they it gets completely out of control. And it's really hard to reel it back in because Amazon is a marketplace and they will let anyone sell that has legitimate product. Uh, and that, mm -hmm. that can be really hard for some brands to wrap their minds around. It's like, well, there I haven't given them permission to sell my products. Well, Amazon doesn't care if they have legitimate <laughs> inventory. Amazon will let them sell. So it's much easier for those brands to have that figured out before their products end up on Amazon than it is to work in reverse and reel that back in once the channel is full of your inventory. That said, okay. that's one more absolute um, scenario under which you should consider hiring an agency that specializes in in channel control because trying mm -hmm. to manage it on your own or trying to rely on Amazon's brand registry tools to do that is you're going to fall short. And and we still hear the myth sometimes it's been there for 10 years about brand gating on Amazon. It does not exist. Amazon does not have a brand gating program. Um, you need to control your sales channels uh, yourself. <laughs> Or mm -hmm. have an agency partner help you with that. Very interesting. So just so I, maybe I don't understand it properly, but that's why I have you here. So I'll ask this question. Might be a stupid question, but might be not. So let's consider a brand such as Apple, right? If you go to like Amazon, you have, and you type iPhone, you have so many of the listings and they're like, all of them, they, I know that the sellers are using different tricks. So they are making some bundles. So they, they have different ASINs and so on. But 
considering the very interesting, like just, just like some imaginary example, if Apple would reach out to you, I know that Apple has, of course, the authorized resellers and they, they, they can resell and they have like shops all around the world and so on. But considering the, the case that Apple would reach out to you, it, would it be even possible to like clean all of the Amazon Apple, out of the Apple products? Yeah, Apple's a behemoth. But if it was a smaller brand that, you know, I, let, let's take a brand that's doing a few million on Amazon, like maybe five mm -hmm. million on Amazon. Absolutely. We're, we actually have a new client who's um, in the housewares industry and have been established there for a very long time. And they, they have this problem. Um, it is a slow process. We're not going to get mm -hmm. results overnight. Um, it can take, as Catherine said, with the example she gave of the personal care brand, a year to, to manage them out. And, and we may not manage them out completely. Some may pop mm -hmm. up. But what we look at is if they have impact on sales as a whole in the channel. If it is a merchant-fulfilled seller with three units, they're not going to have any impact um, to your bottom line. They're going to sell through those three units and be gone if they've just bought them on closeout or something. Mm -hmm. If it's, for example, one of your distributors that's leaking product through that, it's going to be harder and we need to figure out where it's coming from. And then you need to have some hard conversations. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. the brand needs to have difficult conversations with trusted wholesale accounts um, to, to figure out a way forward. Um, and we consider success. You may not get 100%. In many cases, we do get 100% of buy box for our brand partners. But 90% is a very great success rate um, for having that buy box hold rate and having 90%, you know, having only 10% um, other sellers. So um, it's, it's, again, like you said, nothing on Amazon is ever black and white. There are some gray areas that we can find a high degree of success, but depending on how messy it is and how big it is, um, it can be difficult to clean up. But because there are tricks they do, you know, they, they label oh, yeah. it with a, a different UPC. They, they do create these unique bundles, but all of those really as a brand are impacting your brand value on the channel because it's taking um, shoppers away from the main product listing, which has the accurate information. Um, so we're a big fan of um, brand cohesiveness. Um, brand value across all channels. We want to we want the work we do on Amazon to support sales of your brands in other channels. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah, especially when we were saying about the gray areas on Amazon, I think they are mostly used by those arbitrage sellers, right? Because this is the the case where actually you just you you don't really care. You don't have a brand. You just resell stuff. So yeah, that's really where you put as many listings as possible using those tricks. To have different agents um, and don't really compete on that buy box. Um, just like with agencies, there's there are legitimate third-party sellers with an established, good, solid reputation, and then there are a lot of these kind of yeah. uh, gray hats. They're not necessarily the bad guys, but they kind of <laughs> play in that space yeah. where they're not quite breaking the rules, but they're not exactly following. Totally. Um, so now I, I just want to ask you one last question when it comes to like working with the agency, like channel up, like what is the actual process of starting the work? Like it, I know that it's not like, yeah, all right, we have a call then right away you are jumping on Amazon. Uh, it's like same with working with all of the other agencies, like marketing agencies, software, software agencies. Um, but yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit about the process. So when the brand first reach out to you, what's next? 
I'll, I'll start with my process. So once, once they go through the process with me and determine that they want to work together, I will type up a very comprehensive, as comprehensive as possible. I do make mistakes. <laughs> made one yesterday. Um, I will type up a brand overview outlining all of the brands priorities, what they want to focus on on Amazon, what their most, um, what their highest priorities are, what they want to accomplish, as well as any anything that comes up on the call that may be relevant um, to our brand manager. I try to make this as comprehensive as possible, um, including giving examples of you know, who their competitors are, uh, things like that. Um, once I do that, I sync with our um, CEO and our onboarding manager to uh, assign a brand manager. Once a brand manager is assigned, we review all of that information together so that the brand manager has a clear uh, view of what happens and then we hand it off. Um, during that onboarding process, we do have an onboarding manager and a brand manager involved to make sure that there's extra eyes so that nothing is falling between the cracks. And then I also join during onboarding. I join those calls as well to fill in any gaps. Um, so Catherine would be one of the brand managers, for example, that I would hand it off to, and then she can talk about what that looks like um, from the brand manager side. That said, uh, before that handoff, we do gather information. We want a complete, um, we have them fill out a, an informational form about their brand, including you know their seller account, their login, if they have brand registry, um, giving us access to their style guides, um, a product list, um, and once we have all of that, only then does uh, Catherine begin working on the, the project. So I'll let Catherine speak to what that process looks like from her sure. perspective. Yeah, in the, in the first 30 days, my main goals are to get kind of a single source of truth. So what exists on Amazon already, if anything, and what exists in your D2C site or your um, your other channels, brick and mortar or otherwise, um, so that we have a full picture of what's your product line and what are your goals on Amazon. Um, from there, I like to set up a timeline. So if your goal is top to bottom optimization and you have, say, 100 SKUs, okay, let's let's break that down into your top revenue drivers. Um, if there are 10 SKUs that drive 50% of your revenue, let's start with those 10 SKUs and create a timeline for um, that top to bottom optimization, creating titles and bullets, uh, creating infographics, uh, creating a brand story, creating a plus content, creating that storefront. Some folks already have that when they come to us, they have some level of optimization that's already been done. Um, if that's the case, then it's, it's again, auditing what already exists and where some of those opportunities might lie. Um, we do have some folks that come to us brand new to the channel. In that case, it's much more um, admin focused. So uh, uploading new products, Again, that top to bottom optimization, some really um, basic level advertising to start testing keywords and testing um, efficacy of, of kind of the space and what, what works for those items. Um, but really in those first 30 days, my whole goal is to make sure that we really understand what the what the brand's goals are, both in in the short term, but also in the long term. What are we working towards as a brand and as the agency, kind of driving those goals? Um, and what is what's already going on that we can either support, and optimize, 
or maybe in some cases it's just totally resetting. Um, so I think that's one thing that really sets Channel Up in particular apart is we have a small team. We have um, a really dedicated team. I personally, right now, I'm only working with six clients. I have a pretty small client load that allows me to really customize the approach that we give to each client. We can focus on your specific needs, on your specific goals as the brand um, to make sure that you are accomplishing exactly what you have in mind on Amazon. During that onboarding period, which is usually about 30 days, but but a month to six weeks, depending on the complexity, but we do advocate for weekly meetings during that onboarding phase with um, our brand partner. And then once we kind of wrap our head around things and uh, the wheels are set in motion, then we can dial back the frequency of those meetings based on what feels like the best fit for the brand again some of our um, partners meet with us once a month some meet with us twice a month um just we set up a cadence that works for the brand and then we do um, a lot of communication over email we we do um try to have a very quick response time we really value communication with our brand partners and we try to turn around any inquiries within 24 hours mm -hmm. Very nice. And then when it comes to the collaboration, I believe that you actually keep it as long as possible, right? I mean, once a brand start working with you, then pretty much everything you handle is Amazon. So brand doesn't have to really think about it. Um, like that's the whole point of basically hiring an agency. Yeah, it's so, not like so. the project that ends. It's basically a continuous um, collaboration. Yeah, we actually reset new strategic goals um, every three months for our brand partners. And I mean, it may be that what we're working on for three months, we're not finished with and we want to keep focusing on that or we may shift. But we do have a quarterly meeting where we sit down and, and determine what are your priorities for the next three months? What, what should we be mm -hmm. focusing on? And in terms of that collaboration, we're also going to give you our advice. <laughs> um, if, if we feel like you're making a bad decision or something that doesn't make sense for Amazon, we will absolutely uh, be forthcoming about that. We'll let you know um, what we advise, but then ultimately um, it's our partner's decision as to what they decide to do. Totally, totally. Awesome. That was really, really informative uh, episode, actually. So thank you both for coming and actually explaining all of that. I think it's really necessary uh, to do most, more of those kind of um, content out there to really educate uh, like the sellers on like how is it to really work with the agency. I mean, again, a lot of sellers I know, um, they actually are really... Um, like especially that the ones I, I met recently, they said that because they had a really um, bad experience working with one agency, they will never really give it a chance. But speaking with you, like it seems like really a solid process, really great approach to working with clients. So only yeah. content like this can actually make them try again. So I, thanks I hope a lot. So <laughs> because there are a lot of a lot of people do have bad experiences and it's like it's like dating you're not going to have one bad date and decide that you're never going to date again right <laughs> so uh <laughs> give give other agencies a chance find someone that feels like it's a good fit for you um go with go with your gut a lot of times it's, it's personality and it's just finding the right the right fit. <laughs>
But it's been to really fun speaking with you today, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah, for totally. Having. Thank you very much. And again, just one question: like, if uh, some of the sellers actually decide to to give you a try, and 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 I'll ask you just even like some of the questions. Um, where can people find you? Like, if you could share your LinkedIn's or the company website, that I Absolutely. would appreciate that. You can find us at channelop.com. We also have a LinkedIn page. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, Candice Tech. Or you can email me at sales at channelop.com awesome and then for all of the brand related questions Catherine uh, where people yeah, can you ask can, you you can find me on LinkedIn as well um, Catherine Haberman I'm also my email is super easy Catherine at channelop.com um, I, I can answer pretty specific questions but Candace is also very very prepared and taps me in often to to help support on the on the sales side when those things come up but i'm always happy to talk to brands about about amazon awesome i'll make sure to also include the information in the description and again candice catherine it was uh great to speak you speak to you here today and thanks for coming thanks, thanks for so having much, us jacob it was a lot of fun great thank you bye-bye bye-bye